We'll start in verse 21. We're going to continue the series on your words today. All right, we got Anthony on the front. One person. Everybody's like, Pastor, shut up about the words thing. Talk about words today. And uh, we'll start in Proverbs 18 and verse 21. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat it. That's what it says. <laughs> those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. So this morning, I want to talk to you about wisdom and words. Wisdom and words. So we've been talking on Sunday mornings about the power of your words. We realize that the, the worlds were framed by the words of God. This universe is sustained by words. This planet is sustained by words. Every living thing that we know of is sustained by words. The reason that you're still breathing is because God spoke some words and those words are still working. The reason there's still trees on the planet and there's still animals and there's still the, the waters moving and, and we're breathing oxygen today is because God spoke some words and those words are still working. And your words are the most powerful thing that you have. The Bible says death and life are in the power of the tongue. More specifically, death and life are in the power of your tongue. Not your neighbor's tongue, your tongue. Now, I like that because that means I got a choice. Anybody like choices around here? It's encouraging to know that I'm not stuck. I'm only as stuck as my mouth. Because I can change it anytime I want. I can change the direction and the course of my life anytime I want to change my words and change my mouth. Because death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. We are all eating our words every day. So it either tastes good or it tastes bad. It tastes bitter or it tastes sweet, but we are eating our words every day. So death and life are in the power of our tongue. So today I'm going to talk about wisdom and words, and in a moment we're going to kind of do a word study through the book of Proverbs about your words and how powerful they are. But first of all, I'd like to tell on myself. Anybody want me to tell on myself? So, I've told you this many times. When I get up here to preach, I preach to you what God's talking to me about. And if God's talking to me about these things, I assume it would help you too. But I never get up and preach a message lest you think, saying, I got it all together, and you don't, so I need to get you with this message today and, and share to you what the Word says. Now, I don't have this problem, but you guys have this problem. No. I preach you messages that God's preached to me about. So if it's stepping on your toes, God stepped on my toes first. And he corrects us not because he's out to get us, because he loves us. 
He corrects us and he, he pushes us to change and pushes us to grow because he cares about your life and your future. And so you should see whether that's God speaking to you or a pastor and a leader speaking to you. If they correct you, that's love. Because they're looking out for your best interest. They're looking out for your future. They're looking out for your health. And they want the best for you. But how many know it's going to take some correction and growth to get into the most healthy place we can be in life? We're not just automatically there. It's a journey. And it's going to be a journey the rest of your life to be growing and changing and becoming more like Jesus. But there's going to have to be some correction and change and growth, which is uncomfortable before you get there. So, I've been preaching about words. But you know the problem with preaching about words? Everybody's really listening to your words after that. It's like, man, I can't, I can't say what I want to say right now because I've been talking about words on Sunday morning. No, I can't really say it. I'll wait till I go to a different subject and then I'll say what I want to say. So a few weeks ago, at the end of the message, I talked about a verse in Psalm 141, verse 3. It says, God set a guard over my mouth and watched the doors of my lips. And I said, I want you to pray that over your life if we're going to start turning the direction of the way we're talking. Because if you pray that, the Holy Spirit, who's your helper, will help you to start talking right. Talking in line with the word. Talking words that bring healing. So, Psalm 141, verse 3. Now, me and Miss Donna are the only people that have this problem in here, right? <laughs> I'm saying that because we talk about this. We tell on ourselves to each other in the office. But I prayed that prayer, and within 24 hours of preaching that message, I had to repent to my mother. So, I wanted to say, lest you thought your pastor was completely perfect and accomplished in all his words, within 24 hours of preaching that message on words that heal, I had to repent for something I said that quickly. Why? Because we're all growing and changing and learning. But the good part is that we all caught it. At least I did. I prayed that prayer, and the Holy Spirit said, okay. Set a guard over your mouth and watch the door of my lips. So within 24 hours, I was lovingly encouraging my mother in a certain direction. You guys can laugh. I was trying to pastor her. Come on now, somebody. I'm her son, but I'm still her pastor, right? Come on, let's, she doesn't know that, but you guys say amen to that. Yeah, so... I was trying to lovingly encourage her and pastor her along the way, and it got a little lively. We're two passionate people. Now, now the, the good thing is, you know, th this is a relationship that we have uh, in our family. And mom and dad have said this many times to me. The reason you're the pastor of the church is because we can say whatever we want to say to you, and you're not leaving. <laughs> you're not going to get offended. You're not going to go off on your own. You ain't got nowhere else to go. So we will say whatever we want to say to you. And vice versa. That's the kind of relationship we have. But it can be lively. 
trying to get into my main message. This is taking longer than I, I needed it to take. So I was lovingly encouraging her, and um, I walked away from the situation a little flustered because she wasn't listening to what I was saying. Within a minute of that, the Holy Spirit said, you were wrong. Go apologize. Okay, I prayed it. I asked for it. But within 24 hours, within a minute of that, I turned around and said, Mom, I'm sorry uh, for, for the way I sounded there. I was trying to help you, but it didn't come out the right way. And, of course, she said, I'm sorry, too. We made up. It's all good now. But if you pray that prayer, the Holy Spirit's going to. Now, hopefully the Holy Spirit will stop you before you say the thing. That's what we're really believing for for all of us, before you let it out of your mouth. But in case you let it slip, you still can repent quickly and get it right again. So we're learning. We're growing in this. And I probably had to apologize another time since then as well. But you know why? Because the Bible says this. It's hard to talk right. If it was easy to talk right, everyone would be doing it. No, it's hard to talk faith sometimes. It's hard to talk healing sometimes. It's hard to talk positive sometimes. It's hard to talk encouraging sometimes. Because the way and the culture of this world is 100% negative and destructive. And you got an enemy who's encouraging you to speak wrong because he knows it will sabotage your own life by your words. So there's pressure on all of us to talk wrong. And most of us have grown up in households that talk wrong. And we're around coworkers who talk wrong. And our own mind and our flesh was trained wrong. So we have to change and realize that God's ways are right and God's word is true, but it's not always easy. That's what we got to grow. So don't beat yourself up by these messages. Now, you should feel some conviction, but that conviction is not to discourage you. It's to say, no, the Holy Spirit can help me, and I'm going to change. And if I get a hold of this, notice if you can change your words, you can change your life. If you can change your words, you can change the course of your life. Notice death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of death in my life in any area. But you know what the good news is? I can change it by my words. I can start speaking some life, some hope, some faith, some encouragement, some peace into my life, into my future. And the word of God says, I will have what I say. So we're going to look in the book of Proverbs this morning, and we're going to talk about some wisdom for words. So in the book of Proverbs, first of all, Proverbs is written by Solomon. Solomon was the son of David, and Solomon wrote Proverbs, and he wrote Ecclesiastes, and he wrote Song of Solomon. And Solomon the reason we're reading after him, and he's referred to in the Bible as the wisest man who ever lived, is because God said, you can have whatever you want, Solomon, and he asked for wisdom. And God gave him wisdom. Now, if you read the book of Proverbs, which I encourage you to do so every day, because there's so much practical wisdom for your daily life, if you read the book of Proverbs, that was in the height of, of Solomon receiving wisdom from God. 
He asked God for wisdom, and God gave him wisdom. That's why Solomon was the, really the richest and most powerful king maybe ever. Because God gave him wisdom. God gave him wisdom about money, and God gave him wisdom about how to rule a country, and God gave him wisdom about different situations. God gave him wisdom. Now, if you go to the book of Ecclesiastes, that's when he got older, and when he got older in life, he strayed from the wisdom he knew when he was a young man. So the book of Ecclesiastes is a lot of regrets because the same guy who wrote the book about wisdom didn't live his own book. And you get the book of Ecclesiastes saying, I should have listened to my younger self when I was listening to God. But we're going to talk out of the book of Proverbs. And I want to encourage you, because this is the wisest man who ever lived, to do your own word study of this in your own private time, because there's so many verses about words. So in your personal life, I want to encourage you, just type in these words. If you, if you go into uh, your, your Bible app or you, you're on your computer looking up words, go to the book of Proverbs, type in any of these words, and you're going to see so many verses. Type in the word lips or tongue or words or mouth. You're going to find so many verses. Way more than what I can share this morning. Why? Because wisdom starts in your mouth. Probably the the thing that talks, uh, that the Proverbs talks the most about is your mouth, your tongue, your words. Look it up. I I just encourage you in your personal time, do that. As just your own personal study time and meditate on the ones that stand out to you. And apply them to your life. But I want to share in a few minutes here six of my favorite Proverbs about words. If we can do that today. Because we're going to talk about wisdom and words. So here's the big picture. If you're reading the book of Proverbs, here's the big two categories in Proverbs. The wise and the fool. All throughout the book of Proverbs, he says, this is what wise people do. And this is what foolish people do. I don't know about you, but I want to be wise. Anybody want to be wise in here? Just raise your hand just to, just to let me know that you want to be wise in here. I don't want to be a fool. I don't want to be called a fool. I want to be wise. Here's something about the wise. The wise people follow God. But fools follow their flesh, the world, and the devil. The wise speak life. The fools speak death. The wise promote peace. The fools stir up strife. The wise use their words to heal. The fools use their words to hurt. So we're going to see this in a lot of these verses. There's two categories. There's the wise and there's the fool. And we need to be wise with our words. Wisdom starts in our mouth. This is not an age thing. It's not about, well, I'm older now. I'm wise. You're not wise if you don't talk right. You could be 80 years old and still talk like a little kid. A lot of them do because they never change their mouth. No, no, wise has nothing to do with your age. It's a choice you make. Once you know, you're accountable for what you know. And you can make a choice to go with God's ways, which God's ways are wise. You know why they're wise? Because God knows everything about everything, and you don't. 
So if God says you should go this way, the wise person says, we should go this way. If, the, if God says you should talk like this, the wise person says, I should talk like this. The fool's one says, I know what I'm doing. I can go my own way. I can do my own thing. This is just the way I am. This is the way my family is. This is just the way. No, you're foolish. And there's consequences both for the wise and the fool. The Bible says it. The Bible uses the word fruit. Fruit means there's a consequence. There's a harvest for the wise and the fool. For the wise, it's life. For the fool, it's death. For the wise, it's blessing. For the fool, it's destruction. So I want to be wise. I don't know about you, but I'm believing we all want to be wise this morning. So let's get into this. You want to do this? So we're going to talk about six different Proverbs. My favorite. I couldn't talk about all of them. We would be here for several days. Proverbs 21, 23. Let's start there. Proverbs 21, 23. It says, whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from trouble. Now, I'm going to read some of these in multiple translations, but you could just write this down. Still in Proverbs 21, 23, in the New King James, says, Whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. Okay, let's read the New Living. Watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut. He ain't playing here. And you will stay out of trouble. Can anybody say amen to that? How many know there's a lot of times that I should have kept my mouth shut. I would not be in trouble right now. Now let's look at what the uh, message says. Watch your words and hold your tongue. You'll save yourself a lot of grief. (laughs) Passion. Watch your words and be careful what you say. And you'll be surprised how few troubles you'll have. So, it says, guard your mouth, guard your tongue, and you will save your soul from troubles. Let's talk about this for a second, can we? We're going to do a little word study. I'm going to probably teach to you more than I preached to you today, but stay with me. It says, guard your mouth and your tongue, and you will save your soul from troubles. Now, we're trying to be wise. This is what wise people do. Let's think about trouble. Let's start with external trouble. You and I both know when we have not been careful with the words that we've said, we bring trouble into our life. Externally, I'm talking about here. There's a situation with your boss and you did not guard your mouth and you could have avoided a lot of trouble. And sometimes we'll blame the devil. Well, I got fired. No, you got fired because you wouldn't shut up. Not because the devil stole your job. And we only on the first one. We got to make some, some, some work here today. You can save yourself a lot of trouble if you're careful with the words you say. Many of you know this in school, and I know this. What about your teachers? I could have saved myself a lot of trouble if I would have kept my mouth shut. No comments on the front row. 
Okay, I got to go here. Miss Donna, I'm coming this way. Brother Joe, I'm, I'm going to stand over here. Can we say amen in, in, in high school, in middle school? A lot of you that got in trouble, why'd you get in trouble? Right here. Because it saved yourself a lot of heartache and trouble. Now, this is wisdom. Now, let's, let's put this verse back up here. Psalm 23, or 21, 23, in the New King James. We'll keep it up here. Whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from trouble. We'll leave it up here. There's some situations with people in authority, a police officer. Things could have went a lot better if you would have washed your mouth. Here's one we all know about. Relationships. Come on now, somebody. In a marriage, with your kids, with your friends, you could have saved yourself so much trouble if you would have been careful with your words. And you know what? The wise person, that's what we want to be, guards their mouth and their tongue. And they save themselves from trouble. External trouble, but also internal trouble. But notice this word that says he keeps his soul from trouble. Now what's your soul? Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. You can cause yourself Trouble in your soul by your words. Your soul is the area that the enemy targets the most. And a lot of us are wondering why we feel the way we feel and we think the way we think. The Bible says if you guard your tongue and your mouth, you will save your soul from trouble. Many of us talk ourselves into depression. We talk ourselves into fear. We talk ourselves into anxiety. And what does it do? It causes trouble in our soul. So when you feel those feelings, which they're real, not always true, but they're real, what do you say? Because the Bible says if you guard your mouth and your tongue, you can save your soul from troubles. You can save your soul from going down that road of panic and anxiety. You can save your soul from going to that place of fear. You can save your soul by guarding your mouth. But I love that whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from trouble. So this is what wise people do, and we want to be wise. So I want to encourage you today. This is a challenge for you. We're going to guard our mouth and our tongue, and we're going to save our soul from trouble. External trouble, but internal trouble, because we're wise with our mouth. You want another one? Proverbs 13 and verse 3. New King James. He who guards his mouth... Preserves his life, but he who opens his wa- his opens wide his lips shall have destruction. Let's look at the Passion Translation. Guard your words, and you'll guard your life. But if you don't control your tongue, it will ruin everything. Look look at the New Living. Those who control their tongue will have a long life, 
but opening your mouth could ruin everything. Let's go back to the New King James, Proverbs 13.3. He who guards his mouth preserves his life, but he who opens, his, opens wide his lips shall have destruction. Are you seeing a theme? Are you seeing a theme to these Proverbs? Almost every time it talks about your words and your mouth, it says guard it. <laughs> Control it. Be careful with it. You know why? Because it's powerful. It's a matter of life and death. So that's why you got to guard it and control it. But many people treat it flippantly, and they wonder why they have what they have in their life. Because it says, guard it, control it, take authority over it, watch your mouth. That's all over your Bible. That's the most common phrase used with words in your tongue. Because it's powerful. You know, the nuclear plants in the United States are very heavily guarded. You know why? Because it's powerful. And in the wrong hands, it's destructive. How much more your mouth? You know, the places where they hold the gold and the diamonds are very heavily guarded. Why? Because it's precious and it's valuable, just like your words. So he says, and let's put that back up there, Proverbs 13, 3. He who guards his mouth preserves his life, but he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. Notice it says that he who guards his mouth will save his soul, will save himself from destruction. Now, you could just write this down in James 3. It talks about controlling your mouth. We mentioned it a few weeks ago. It talks about if you can control your mouth, you can control your life. Just like the horse the bit in the horse's mouth, you can turn it whichever way you want, even though the horse is more powerful than you. So is the tongue. You can turn it whichever way you want to. He uses the other example as a ship in James 3. He says even though it's a large ship, it has a small rudder, which is your tongue. And the tongue is so powerful, it can turn the ship whichever way you want it to turn. Because that's what kind of power you have in your tongue. But it also uses the example, when it's out of control, it is like a fire that turns into a forest fire that brings destruction and ruin. So we see that when our mouth is guarded and in control, it brings us life. It brings blessing. We can steer things in the right direction. But when we don't control our mouth, it is like a fire that brings destruction and ruin. Now, I mean, we know all about that because there's been fires in our country many times in the past few years and burned down millions and millions and millions of acres by one little tiny flame. Most people are burning their house down daily by their mouth. 
I'm like, oh, what? Oh, the devil's against me. No, no. You're lighting your life on fire by your mouth daily. Your relationships, boom. Your health, pshh. I'm going to have to say this morning like a park ranger, only you can prevent forest fires. Don't look at somebody else. My life is on fire. Your mouth is on fire. That's the problem. And only you can stop it from happening. Now let's read this again in the Passion Translation, Proverbs 13, 3, in the Passion. Notice, guard your words and you'll guard your life, but if you don't control your tongue, it will ruin everything. We've got to be careful with our words because they're powerful for life or death, blessing or cursing. But we can guard it and we can control it. Now, if the Bible says we can do that, we can do that. He never tells us to do something that we can't do. Or he would be unjust and unfair as God. No, he tells us we can do these things because he's depending or he's, he's acknowledging that we're going to depend on him and he's going to help us do this. But we can do it if he says we can do this. And it says that if we guard our mouth, we can guard our life. I like using different translations because it shows you a little bit different angle of each verse. Now let's look at still on Proverbs 13.3 in the New Living. Those who control their tongue will have a long life and opening your mouth can ruin everything. I want, I want to speak about this just for a moment. I know I'm teaching to you this morning. Stay with me. Those who control their tongue will have a long life. Your words are connected to everything, but it's connected to your long life. And in Psalm 91, you could just write this down. Psalm 91, it's the protection chapter we talk about. At the end of the chapter, it says, With long life, I will satisfy and show you my salvation. But the whole chapter says, I will say. I will say of the Lord, he's my healer, and he's my protector, and I will say this about him, and I will speak this about him. The whole chapter saying, David's saying, I will say, and then at the end of the chapter it says, with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation, because your words are attached to long life. Your words are attached to long life, and that's what it says in New Living. It's interesting, Brother Hagen, he told this story about there was a man he knew um, who's an older man when he was a younger minister who in the town that they were, they were in, he was a very elderly man and he always spoke well of people. There happened to be this situation that there was this man who had some mental issues and, of course, You know, 100 years ago or 80 years ago, you know, mental, emotional health, people knew nothing about that. It was like either you're crazy or we'll lock you up or something, but there was no understanding of mental or emotional health issues. So anyways, this guy had some mental health issues, and um, he, he went crazy, and he ended up getting into a confrontation at this big park with a police officer in this small town. And a police officer, because the guy was 
attacking other people, had to shoot him, and he died. Now, the reason Brother Hagin told the story is because everyone in that town was pretty much saying, good, he deserved it. They kind of like, that guy was kind of scary. I'm kind of glad that happened, you know. They weren't, they weren't speaking well. And he noticed, he was a younger man, this older man, more seasoned man, said, you know what? In this, this room full of people, he said, you know, the guy had nice eyes. Never spoke anything negative about him. Later on, Brother Hagen, as a younger minister, went to this older man who was probably in his 90s at that point. And he said, why did you say he had nice eyes? He said, because I've learned to guard my tongue. Because long life is attached to guarding your tongue. And I don't speak negatively of other people. He went on to tell him that many, many years ago, that man had been taught divine healing. And he had lived healthy his whole life, and he was in his 90s and still thriving. And he told Brother Hagen as a younger man, you know what's kept my life and my health? My tongue. Brother Hagen, when he was an elderly man, said the same thing about his own life. He said, I work more on my love walk than my faith walk. If you guard your mouth and control your tongue, there's longevity with it. Brother Hagen never spoke harshly about anyone. There was a time that he was always in the press and always in the news and people talking about him. He never responded to him. There was one time that there was people lying on Brother Hagen in a very public way and he just said, bless their heart. Never spoke a word against him. He had a right to. But he learned, I'd rather have my health and my life than speak about other people. I'd rather guard and control my tongue and have longevity than give my opinion about everything. Come on now, somebody. Let's read this again, Proverbs 13.3, and we'll go to the next one. In the New Living, Proverbs 13.3. Those who control their tongue will have a long life. And opening your mouth can ruin everything. Let's keep moving. You guys getting something this morning? Proverbs 15 and verse 2. In the New King James. Proverbs 15 and verse 2. The tongue of the wise uses knowledge rightly, but the mouth of the fools pours forth foolishness. Let's read in the Passion. When wisdom speaks, understanding becomes attractive. But the words of the fool make their ignorance look laughable. In the message. Now, this is, this is everyone on Facebook. This verse right here. You ready for me to read it? Please all put this as your status tomorrow. Knowledge flows like a spring water from the wise. Fools are a leaky faucet of dripping nonsense. Hashtag have a blessed day. It's the word. In this social media right now, in this the news right now, knowledge flows like a spring water from the wise, but the fools are a leaky faucet, dripping nonsense. Now let's go back to the passion. I want to read a few things about this. Proverbs 15, verse 2. 
When wisdom speaks, understanding becomes attractive, but the words of the fool makes their ignorance look laughable. But notice it talks about, once again, the wise person speaks with understanding, and it's attractive. Now, the reason I'm reading this verse is because, you know, your words have power and authority when you're outside the four walls of the church. And some of you want to be promoted at your job and in your careers. If you used your mouth wisely, it's attractive. That's what it says. Some translations say when you use your words wisely, it's appealing to others. Almost all of us in here would say, I want to grow, I want to change, I want to be successful in what I'm called to do, I want to get promoted at my job, I want to be promoted in life. Right there. When you speak words that are wise, it's attractive and appealing. But notice when you speak words of a fool, it's ignorance and it's laughable. So I want to encourage you guys today. You're saying, well, I want to be promoted, and I want to do great things, and I want to be a success in life. You want to be attractive and appealing to other people? Speak words that are wise. At your job, if you want to be promoted, speak words that are wise, not foolish. You want to talk about relationships? Anthony's the only one who wants me to say anything. Like, no, I don't want you to talk about that. It says the words of wise are attractive and appealing. Single people in here. All right. Okay. (laughs) You want to be attractive and appealing? Speak words that are wise, not foolish. No one likes me because you're a fool. And you talk too much. You look good, but your mouth is ruining it for everybody. All right, I'll go to the next one. What about when we use words that are wise as attractive and appealing in the sense of being a witness to other people who don't know God? Most non-believers don't have a problem with Jesus. (laughs) They have a problem with Christians who don't look like Jesus or talk like Jesus. Church isn't their problem. It's Christians who aren't attractive and appealing because they're not wise. But notice the words of the wise are attractive and appealing. Let's turn it or put it up there one more time. Proverbs 15 and verse 2 in the Passion. When wisdom speaks, understanding becomes attractive, but the words of the fools make their ignorance look laughable. Let's go to the next verse. Are you guys okay with this? I know we're doing a word study. It's a little different than normal, but we're talking about wisdom and your words. Proverbs 10 and verse 19. Proverbs 10. Now we're going to get, now these next three verses, we're going to go a little bit deeper. It's going to get a little more sticky for you guys in here. Your toes are going to get a little more tender. So Proverbs 10, 19. In the New King James, it says, In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. But he who restrains his lips is wise. Let's look at the passion. This is too good. If you keep talking, it won't be long before you're saying something really wrong. Prove you're wise from the very start. Just bite your tongue and be strong. 
<laughs> Isn't that good? Let's look back at the New King James Version, Proverbs 10, 19. We'll keep it up here. In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking, but he who restrains his lips is wise. Now, what is it saying here? What, what's some uh, takeaways from this verse? If you talk a lot, you're going to sin a lot. If you talk a lot, there's a greater chance that you're going to say something wrong. That's why we have to be so guarded and controlled with our words. Because most people just talk and talk and talk flippantly. And they're asking for trouble. But notice it says those who restrain his lips are wise. You know, great men and women of God that I've heard about, in private settings, they were quieter people. I didn't say unfriendly people, but quieter. Why? Because they're wise. And they realize the older they get, the more careful they have to be with their words. So they're not just a chatterbox. They're not just talking about nonsense. They're very thoughtful and intentional with the words that they say. Generals of the faith like Brother Hagin or, or Dr. Summerall. In private settings, they were quieter people. Because they realized this verse. In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. And if I want my words to have more weight and authority, then I need to be careful with what I say. And how many know this? The person that's always talking all the time, that's not the person you're going to for wisdom. That's not the person you're looking for to talk to because you're like, oh, I already know what they know because they tell me every day. You're looking for the person who's wise and more guarded and intentional with their words. I've seen this. The older I've gotten, I'm quieter. Not unfriendly, quieter. You know why? Because I just don't want to talk about nonsense anymore. I don't like having shallow conversations anymore. So sometimes I'm quieter. I used to not be quiet when I was younger. But the older I've gotten, the quieter I've gotten because I realize my words are important. My words are valuable. And I need to be more guarded with my words because I'm a leader. So I'm not just going to shoot the breeze with everybody and talk nonsense just to talk. All right now. Trying to give you some wisdom here. I didn't say I'm perfected at this. I'm saying I'm working on this. And I'm more guarded with my mouth. Why? Because I'd rather talk about things of significance in depth than just talk to talk. And really realize that that's what the wise do. The foolish talk all the time about everything. But the wise are guarded with their words. And it says, those who are wise restrain their lips. Here's another thing I see in this verse. Speaking of social media, you don't have to comment on everything you see. You don't have to make a comment in every conversation you have. Because in the multitude of words, there is sin. And those who are wise restrain their lips. Sometimes it's not worth it 
to respond because I'd rather have peace in my life. Sometimes it's not worth it to respond because I'd rather have joy in my life. And the wise person says, sometimes it's just not worth it. I could be 100% right and I could have 100 points and roast the other person while they're wrong. But I'm not being wise when I do that because it brings nothing but destruction. And in the multitude of words, there is sin. But those who are wise restrain their lips. I'm just encouraging you, church family, because I hear about you. Not on Facebook. I got off long ago. If you're wise, you keep your mouth shut. There was, there was like one amen here. The rest of the silence. We're in the cone of silence over here. Everyone just kept their mouth shut. I'm like, well, Pastor, you just told me in the multitude of words there's sin, so I'm not saying anything. No. This was the time to respond. It's not worth it, people. It's not worth it, people. If you can't have that conversation in person with the person, don't type it out on social media. And even if you did have it in person, you need to watch your mouth and be a grown-up. In the multitude of words, there is sin, but those who are wise restrain their lips. You can be right and still be wrong. You know why I'm saying all this? Because I want you to have more peace in your life and more joy in your life and less stress in your life and a better life. I'm not saying this to call us out. I'm saying this because I'm trying to help you. Be wise with your words. Now, once again, these are written by Solomon, but God was giving him the wisdom to write these words. So this is God speaking to us. And there's wisdom for our words. Let's read in the Passion Translation, Proverbs 10 and verse 19. If you keep talking, I mean, he kind of sounds like that's a threat. If you keep talking, it won't be long before you're saying something really wrong. How many been there before? Like you started out the conversation really good and you just kept on talking and you got about midway through and you thought, oh, I'm go- it's going really wrong now. Prove you're wise from the very start. Just bite your tongue and be strong. I got two more for you. you can you handle two more? Proverbs 15.4 in the New King James. We're getting wisdom today. Now, wisdom isn't always pleasant when you get it. Like there, there's a little bit of tension in here right now. It's okay. It's all right. We're all getting wiser. And that's what it feels like. We're growing up. We're having some growing pains here. Proverbs 15, verse 4. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life. Let's read what it says in the Amplified Version. A gentle tongue with its healing power is a tree of life, but willful contrariness. Please don't, (laughs) please, none of y'all have this on your tombstone. He was willingly contrary. 
But, but willful contrariness in it breaks down the spirit. Some translations say a gentle word is a tree of life. A healing word, a soothing word, but a hard word or a willful contrariness breaks down the spirit. Let's look back at the New King James. Proverbs 14, 4. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. The reason I chose this verse is because this is how you talk to yourself, but also how you talk to other people. You can bring healing and life by your mouth into others, but also you can break down your own spirit and break down the spirit of others by your mouth. What are we doing with our mouth? I mentioned this a few weeks earlier, but I want to say it again. Some of you talk horrible about yourselves. It's not God. It's not right. And you're bringing destruction into your own life and you're breaking your own spirit. Some of you say, I'm not smart. I'm not pretty. I'm not good enough. I'm poor. I'm broke. I'm sick. I can't do this. I'm not good enough to do this. I came from the wrong family. I came from the wrong place. Nothing ever goes right for me. If it's not one thing, it's the other. I never get ahead in life. You're breaking your own spirit. You're breaking and you're hurting your own spirit. That's not God. That's foolish talk and that's the enemy. Promoting those words because every time you say those things about yourself or think those things about yourself, you are hurting your own soul. But notice when you speak words that are wholesome, as wholesome as a Hallmark Christmas movie. Come on, somebody. Wholesome words, gentle words, soothing, healing words. It is a tree of life. Tree of life in the Bible, the significance goes all the way back to Genesis. A tree of life is where all of life happens. In the tree of life, there's blessing and there's healing and there's deliverance and there's peace and there's prosperity in the tree of life. But notice you can have the tree of life when you speak words that are wholesome, healing, soothing, gentle. Speaking those words over yourself, but speaking those words of other people. Lastly, Proverbs 15 and 23. I appreciate you guys listening to me. We're going to close with this. Talking about wisdom and words today. Proverbs 15, 23. says, a man has joy by the answer of his mouth. And a word spoken in due season, how good it is. Let's leave this up here. A man has joy by the answer of his mouth and a word spoken in due season how good it is. This is the last verse I'm going to talk about and I'm going to just preach to the end of this. Because it says a word spoken in due season how good it is. A man has joy by the answer in his mouth. Now earlier we said you will save yourself from troubles in your soul if you guard your mouth. I'm seeing something here. The answer to your joy problem 
It's your mouth problem. How were you talking? Say, well, I just don't have any joy in my life. How were you talking? It says a man has joy by the answer of his mouth. Not by sitting and thinking about everything wrong in your life. Not by meditating on all the troubles you have. No, you got to get up and say something. You got to say something like, the joy of the Lord is my strength today. And I have joy because Jesus lives on the inside of me. And the joy of the Lord is my strength today. And I have fullness of joy because in your presence is fullness of joy. And a man will have Joy by the answer in his mouth. This year has been the most joyless year that the world has ever had. Not denying the circumstances, but you know what? Everyone has talked about that. It's made that a lot worse. All of us has talked about it. The news has talked about it. No one will shut up about what's wrong then there's no joy. If it's not COVID, it's our money. If it's not money, it's racism. If it's not racism, it's Trump and Biden. If it's not them, and we're talking the problem and talking the problem and talking the problem, talking the problem. This is the worst year ever. This year sucks. This is the most joyless year of my life. I'm so stressed out. Does it feel that way? Yes. But a man will have joy by the answer of his mouth. I know I've been preaching a while today, but you got to hear me because I'm going to finish strong today. A man or woman will have joy by the answer of his mouth. What are you saying over your day? What are you saying over your life? What are you saying over your body? What are you saying over your relationships? What are you saying over your health? What are you saying about your country? What are you saying about your finances? What are you saying? We just act like we believe it in here, but then we talk different out there. Either our words matter all the time or they don't matter at all. No, death and life is in the power of our tongue. And the man will have joy by the answer of his mouth. Or he won't have joy by the answer of his mouth. Because it's all in your mouth. I'm not saying it's not hard. I'm not saying the circumstances aren't real. I'm not saying that this has not been a very stressful year. Those are true things. But when you get in agreement with it is the problem. You can have joy by the answer in your mouth. And you can start saying things like, I can be joyful today. You know what? Because I'm still alive. I didn't die of COVID-19. A lot of you have had COVID-19. You're all still here. That's something to be joyful about. There's over 200,000 people that didn't make it. Be thankful for goodness sakes. Well, I don't have the money I did, but you still got money. 
You still got a house. You still got a family. You still got a future. You're able to come back to church. People in other states have never even got to come back. Pastor, you need to chill out right now. (laughs) Come on, our perspective is not right. We got to have joy by the answer of our mouth. It's all in our mouth. It's all in our mouth. Now, why am I speaking this so strong? Because I know this about myself. There's been many times, even in the past month, this was a tough year for everyone. And you can feel the weight. You can feel the pressure on. And sometimes I'm just sitting there thinking about things. And God has to say, why are you just sitting here thinking about it? Speak up. Are you getting anywhere thinking about it? Nope. I'm smart enough to not talk about it, but still thinking about it's not helping anything. And God says, get up and say something. And as soon as I start speaking, there's joy in the answer in my mouth. (laughs) It's in my mouth. Your answer is right under your nose. Don't, Don't be looking for it way out here. Oh, the government's gonna help me. My boss is gonna help me, my family's gonna help me. No, I, I need no your help's right here. <laughs> it's right here. I'm really closing. But there's so much in this verse. He will have joy by the answer in his mouth. You know what I see from this also? You have to answer things in life. I love this story because Dr. Dufresne told this all the time. He told the story in the Gospels of Jesus in the fig tree. And it's an example about faith. And Jesus, come on now somebody, I'm going to preach this strong to the very end. Jesus was walking by the fig tree looking for fruit. And there was nothing on the tree. And Jesus cursed the fig tree. Then a day later, within 24 hours, nothing had changed. And they went back and the tree was shriveled up. But in that passage, it says that Jesus answered it. In the words of Dr. Frayne, he said, because circumstances are always talking to you. You got to answer them back. Dr. Dufresne would always say this. You remember this if you're around during this time. He goes, Well, what did the fig tree say? He said, The fig tree said, I ain't giving you no breakfast, no lunch, and no dinner. And Jesus answered the fig tree. Because life is always talking to us. You got to answer it. Circumstances are always talking to you. You got to answer it. Don't be quiet. Answer it because you will have joy by the answer in your mouth. Your depression is talking to you. Answer it. Your body is talking to you. Answer it. Your kids are talking. Answer. Your marriage is talking. Answer. This world is talking. You got to answer it. 
And you will have joy by the answer in your mouth. Now, Jesus in the Gospels, when he told that story and he spoke to the fig tree and he answered it and he cursed it. He said that was an example of how we should use our faith. If something is not right, you got to answer it. If the circumstances aren't the way you want it, you have to answer it. Don't let it talk to you. You talk to it. And you will have joy by the answer in your mouth. <laughs> and lastly, in this verse, let's put this up one more time, 1523. A man has joy by the answer of his mouth and a word spoken in due season. How good it is. Now, the last part of that, now we're all talking about words and wisdom and, and wise people. This is how they talk. A word spoken in due season, how good it is. Wise people are intentional and selective about what they say and when they say it. More importantly, they're led by the Spirit of God by what they say and when they say it. It says this same thing in Isaiah Isaiah speaking, and I pray this over myself every time I preach. It says that I would speak a word in season to him who is weary. That it would bring refreshing. And you need to believe that over your life, that God's going to give you the words you need to speak over your life and to other people in season. How many know there's a difference between out of season and in season? Out-of-season fruit don't taste good. In-season fruit do. And that's what I pray every week before I preach. God, I don't want to preach another message to just preach another message. I don't want to just look through a sermon book and pick out, oh, I think I just should preach on this today. No, I need to speak a word in season to him who is weary. Because that's what will change lives. That's where the anointing is. That's where the power is. How good it is when you speak a word in season. And wise people speak words in season. But notice this verse is not just for preachers. <laughs> it's for all of you. That God can give you words in season to speak over yourself, but to speak over other people. I don't know about you, but I want to be the type of friend, and you guys can do this too, that God speaks to me, and when I'm talking to my friend, I can speak a word in season that brings refreshing at Cracker Barrel. That's the way our church should live like. That I can speak a word in season when there's, there's trouble in my family. I can gather the family around and say, God told me this, and you speak a word in season. And it works because it's in season. Or everyone on your job is like, I don't know what we should do. I don't have any ideas. And God gives you an idea. And God gives you a plan. And you say, I got something. And God could give you a word in season. It's not just for preachers. This word is for all of us in here. And let's believe this over our life. That God will give us a word in season. Season. Some translation says a word in season, how good it is, but it says it's beautiful when you speak a word in season. 
Would you guys get something this morning? I think I preached myself happy today.